Okay, I want to make sure I'm, I'm on here. Can you hear me all right? All is well? Uh, wonderful, wonderful to see you here today. Uh, I, I've got to get one thing out of my uh, mind and heart, and then you'll forgive me for that, and then we can have revival. I'm from Denver, and we have a team there called Broncos. You go! Yeah. I got five of you, five of you with me. And the New England Patriots just kill us all the time. And so, uh, congratulations to the uh, New England Patriots on the Super Bowl that uh, the Broncos uh, used to go to, but we forgot. You know, we don't know how to do that in this day and age. But anyway, God bless Tom Brady and everybody else that uh, hangs around these parts. And uh, although. Uh, that has been very hard on the Denver people since we were doing so good until we met you, you them. Uh, but that's out of our system now, and so thank God for that. I don't have to preach any more about that. Man, wonderful to be here, uh, Eastern Nazarene College. I have been here before, but uh, you probably weren't here at that time. Did a couple of district assemblies or annual business meetings of the whole area. Uh, from the platform here, uh, one uh, one commencement uh, from outside, I can recall, but uh, great to be back and to see you, probably most of you, for the first time, and as Corey said, and as I just alluded to, uh, I live in Denver, I have been the interim president at Mid-America, Nazarene University, which is Olathe, Kansas, but uh, my home is Denver, truthfully, my home is the west side of Denver, Lakewood, Colorado, and most of you have heard of Columbine High School, I would think, in Littleton, Colorado, and that is uh, right down the street from where we live. In fact, if, uh, if we had kids at home, uh, they would no doubt go to uh, Columbine, and that's the reason why I have a silver and blue ribbon in my Bible, which are the colors of Columbine and their athletic teams, because uh, a massacre happened there uh, some years ago, what, 10, 12 years ago, and we've been trying to pull together since then, and I don't want to get into all of that, except to say um, God can even help people through terrible times like that if they will let him. And if not, then it has just become uh, total darkness to, uh, to others. And so uh, that's where I live. When I have about all I can handle of phone calls, emails, this or that, I tell my wife, I'm leaving, I've got to go down and walk the lake. Now that means right by Columbine High School is Clement Park, I mean immediately adjacent to it, with this beautiful lake with a cement walkway around which is one and a half miles around, and uh, that's where I go to walk and pray and talk and think and uh, give it to God, and I see Columbine and, and the thoughts and the prayers and so on all get mixed in there. But here we are. We're in Quincy, Massachusetts, I think. That's where we are, and uh, we're pretty close to the Patriots, but I'm not going to talk about them anymore <laughs> because that kind of makes me sad, so uh, that's the end of that. I was, uh, uh, I was in our family room uh, at our home reading the paper, 
having the evening news on because that's kind of the way I do things. I don't just watch the news and just watch it. I always have to be reading something, and, and I, I usually just grab the paper and read it in the evening. So I'm listening and leafing through and kind of looking over and leafing through and came to the sports page and uh, noticed a little article. It couldn't have been longer than four or five inches on the sports page of the uh, Denver Post. And it talked about the uh, Denver Triathlon that was coming. And, I, you know, it's no big deal. It certainly was not a headline article just down here in the left side. But it said something like this. I had to write it down to make sure I could remember what they did there. That if, they, if you would go to Cherry Creek Reservoir and uh, register beforehand, but then you go and it all starts over there on a given Saturday, it's a one-mile swim, not in a pool, but in the reservoir, in, in a lake-type situation. You swim for one mile. Then you get out, dripping wet, and your bicycle has to be all prearranged and to be there. You jump on your bicycle, and you go as fast as you can go for 12 miles, dripping wet. 12-mile <laughs> bicycle run. Then you stop, jump off the bicycle, and run with the wind for 3.1 miles, and that's a triathlon. Three different uh, types of, uh, uh, well, three components of the race. A swim, bicycling, running. Now, there is an Olympic triathlon as well as others. They just swim farther, and they just cycle farther, and they just run farther. But a triathlon means three different things. In this case, uh, swimming, cycling, running. And I'm a pastor. Uh, I've been a pastor most of my adult life. I, I think in terms of, will that preach? <laughs> will that work? Maybe I could put that in a message. And wait, whatever happened that evening with the news going over here and this very <laughs> minor article on a triathlon, I felt the Spirit of the Lord whisper to me and say that's just like the Christian life that's like the Christian life well I've never heard of that one before and I had to stop and think and let me just explain to you how I really do believe that this Christian life this Christian race is made up of three components at least and so it's a triathlon and the first part of the Christian life is running. You, you know if you've heard anything much from the Bible, especially the New Testament, that the whole Christian experience is referred to often as a race to be run. And uh, if you're going to run the race, get in and run the race, and, and that kind of thing. I'm just going to pick out a scripture or two. And the first one is 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race run all? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Talking about the race. Talking about the Christian life. 
if you're going to run the race, get in there and win it. Don't, don't stand around and kind of limp along, but if you're going to be a Christian, be one and, and, and get going. Well, then I'll switch over to Galatians, and I'll try to stay in Galatians and Ephesians most of the time now as we just go, go on through. The second one is Galatians 5 and 7. Now it's, now it's Paul writing to a different group, the church in a city named Galatia. But he said to them, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This church in Galatia had started well, and they got all messed up. I don't have time to even tell you what messed them up, but they were all off track. And the, and the book of Galatians in the New Testament is actually Paul writing to the church trying to get them back on track again. They had, they had been um, derailed, if I could use that term. You ran well. You started well. Another translation says, who cut in on you? Well, we can see that they, were, they had run, but they weren't doing very well at that time. And then maybe the best one about running, at least in my opinion, is on over to Hebrews and just this one that you almost have to read if you get along this line. It is the best. Hebrews, and that's chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If you're going to, if you're going to get in the race, lay aside every weight. Lay aside every sin which will, which will trap you and cause you to fall. And get set free and run the race with endurance. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Run the race. And I, I, I love the language. I love the thought. I love the, um, the imagery of running, running. You all understand that. You all know about racing. You all know there's a prize. And that's the Christian life. And there's a hundred analogies that could, could be tossed in there. And let me, uh, well, I think I, I'll just make a real quick mention. I need that little uh, water thing there. Just right to your right there, right there. Uh, just for an illustration, um, I was in Wisconsin. I was speaking up there at what we call a district assembly, the annual business meeting of all the Nazarene churches of the great state of Wisconsin. They, uh, they did not meet in a church uh, that year. They met in some hotel and ballroom of a hotel, all set up in the little platform, and you can see all of that. And uh, there was the last service, and they just said for this last service at night, uh, one evening, they said, well, all the business is done. Everything's completed. Let's just have church. And we had a singer like, uh, like Jasper that was there, and I was supposed to do the preaching. And uh, they, they, uh, uh, they just uh, wanted to just have a, a time in the Lord and, and may God come and renew our hearts before we head out to the cold winters of, of Wisconsin. And I preached whatever I preached. And I gave an invitation, and there are, there are not altars in, in, in hotels. 
So they just came and knelt all over the front of the, of the auditorium. They were just kneeling all over praying and asking God for a new touch or a fresh anointing or whatever they were praying for because it's a long time before they would get together again. They're so scattered up there that they don't get together very much. It was a glorious time. They all finally finished praying. We started singing, just kind of spontaneous. And they were singing, and people were hugging each other, and God was there, and people were blessed, and I was shaking hands and hugging a few folks, and it was just one of those moments. And a pastor came to me right down here. A pastor. A pastor said, I've never been baptized. I, I, I don't know. I missed it, I guess. I kind of feel like I want to get baptized tonight. <laughs> I said, uh, don't believe there's a baptistry, baptistry around here. He said, uh, well, I kind of feel like I want to get baptized. And, and all I could think of was go out to the pool at this hotel and me jump in with my suit on. And it, it just didn't strike me right. And I just said, I, I, don't, I don't think really it'll work tonight to, to, to baptize you. God bless you, brother. You know, whatever I said. And, and he was pretty insistent. And he said, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I, I need to get baptized. I missed it somewhere. And I said, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> what are you doing being a pastor? You haven't even been baptized. <laughs> and it dawned on me, I don't know if you know this or not, but in the Church of the Nazarene, in our background, and it's in the manual, you can actually baptize in three different ways. It's, all, it's written right in there. You can uh, immerse, immersion means you take the people under the water and bring them up. You know, that's, baptism, that's uh, baptism by immersion. You know, that's kind of the usual way. Then we also believe in baptism by sprinkling. And I have only done that in hospital situations where someone's about to die and they uh, want to be prayed for and would like to be baptized. If I go dunk them, <laughs> I'd kill them right there. So, yeah, you just can't do it. You know, it's just not right. <laughs> so you sprinkle, you know, a little sprinkle. And it's okay. It's in the manual. So, you know, I can't remember what page, but it's in there. And then there's the third way, and that's pouring. You can actually pour the water on the, on the person. I've never done that in my life. You know, they either get dunked or else, yeah, there ought to be a better word, but you know what I'm trying to say, or uh, sprinkling in uh, certain situations. And it hit me. Well, uh, there's some water over there on the front seat just like this. You get the, put, kneel down. Kneel down, buddy. Right here on the floor. I'm, I'm fixing to baptize you. And I, t and I told everybody, wait a minute, let's all hold steady here. Pastor, what's his name? He wants to be baptized. And I had to tell him it was legal. <laughs> you know, you can pour. It's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding you. Another pastor cried out, I've never been baptized either. I said, get yourself down here, man. What is the matter with you guys? Where have you been? And he came walking down the aisle, knelt down. You think I'm making this story up. The third guy got up and said, Well, I'm a pastor. I've never been baptized. I said, Come on, man. <laughs> Kneel down right here, right in this hotel thing. Kneel down. Standing right over here was a summer intern, youth intern from Olivet Nazarene University. And he said, I'm not a pastor, but I haven't been baptized. I said, Get over here, man. I've got enough for four. <laughs> 
and everybody, I said, come on, let's all gather around. I mean, they gathered around, and they were blessing them and beating them on the back. You know, that's half of the, the whole deal. Somebody's got to beat you on the back or else it doesn't work right. And I took the water, and I poured, uh, I kind of calculated, you know, a fourth of it on this brother. It was dripping all down, and God bless you, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then I got to the second guy and the third guy, and I saw, and I gave the last guy the rest of the water. And, uh, and it, it was a moment people got to laughing. They got to crying. They were hugging each other. They had never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. I've never baptized four guys ever out of a bottle of water. So I've never had poured anybody, but I poured four that night. And they got to singing, and they were laughing. I can't tell you, God came on the thing, and they didn't get out of there till after 10 o'clock because nobody wanted to go. Why did I tell you that? They were running. They were running spiritually. And the wind of the Holy Spirit was blowing through our hair. And it was just blessed. Nobody wanted to leave if, if you have any hair to blow when the wind blows. And I don't have a lot left. But anyway, you, I think you know what I mean. And, and I love services like that. I, that's, my, uh, that's my picture of running, happy, joyous. God's here like a youth camp or like NYC or some of you young men may have gone to a promise keepers event or a men's event where the speakers get up and just charge you up to the sky spiritually and you sing and you clap and carry on and the women have your events. We're running. I, I like that. Well, I don't know what that was, but anyway... <laughs> I would love to tell you here today, that's the Christian life. Glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I'm glad. But that would not be true. That would not be true. That is one part of the Christian life. But there are two other parts. And the second one is this, and now I will stay just in Galatians and Ephesians just to read these quick verses. The larger part of the race is walking. Walking. Uh, here's, here's what the Bible says, Galatians 5 and 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How about Galatians 5:25? If we live in the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Keep step with the Spirit, as another said. Ephesians, which is one page over, chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, and on and on. I love to run. But most of the Christian life is walking, walking, day by day, day by day, read the Scripture, at least some, every day, every day. Sometimes when you read the Bible, it really resonates with you. Other times when you read the Bible, you can't remember what you read. 
ten minutes later, your mind's all somewhere else. What do you do? You go right back and you read again tomorrow. Every day we pray, we talk to the Lord, maybe, maybe in a certain place, maybe as you go from place to place on this campus, maybe whatever, whatever, and, and you talk to the Lord. Sometimes when you're talking to the Lord, you feel like He's right there. Sometimes when you're talking to the Lord, <laughs> you feel like uh, the skies are made out of brass and your prayers just bounce right back. Well, what do you do? You pray again. You pray again. Every day, you walk. You try to help somebody. You try to reach out to somebody. And you try to be a blessing to somebody. In the name of Jesus, sometimes they thank you. Sometimes they might hug your neck. Sometimes they'll say, I, I couldn't have made it without you. And it makes you feel so good. Other times, they don't say a word. And you say, well, that really was a blessing. But what do you do? Go on. Do it again. Try to help somebody else. Say another word to another person on an airplane like I did uh, two days, three days ago. Try to, try to say something that might encourage somebody when the tears come to her eyes and all that. Don't have time for all that story, but sometimes there's a response from someone and sometimes there's not. What do you do? Just keep walking. You just keep walking. Is that right? That's the Christian life. It's running a little bit. It's walking a whole lot. But it's a triathlon. There's one more part of the Christian life that I hadn't seen until I read the little old article on the Denver triathlon. And the third part of the Christian race is Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand. Stand fast, the Bible says. And now let me turn to Ephesians chapter 6 because these verses are something. And starting there with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild the devil. 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having done this, this, and that. There it is. There it is. It's the only race that I can think of that you can win the race by standing. I don't know of any other race. But the Christian race, young men, young women, and all the others who are here to be part of this, I love to run and I love it when everything's high and it's hallelujah, glory, and thank you, Jesus. But most of it, walking with Jesus is walking, walking, daily obedience. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever you say. Yes. But once in a while, you've got to plant your feet on the Word of God or on Jesus Christ, the rock, and say, so help me, God. Here I stand. Amen. And you'll win. <laughs> you'll win. 
Mm -hmm. I don't know you too well, but somebody here, some of you great kids have had parents that divorced and split and went and left you hanging in the middle. And you, I don't know how you have reacted, but with all the other experiences I've gone through in this regard as pastor of many that have gone through such heartache, the, the, the children or the teenagers are the ones that suffer the most. And all you can do is stand on the truth of God that God won't walk off from you. Amen. He is not going to split from you if you'll give your heart to Him and walk with Him. There are some of you who uh, thought that even coming to ENC was kind of going to be this running glory. Thank God. It's just going to be happy every day. <laughs> and you found out there are classes to go to. Um, there's such things called final exams, um, term papers, uh, thousand page of collateral reading. Oh, it's not much fun. Um, sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed at a place like this. You've got to plant your feet on Jesus and say, Lord, I'm getting kind of battered around right now, but so help me, God. Here I stand. I'm not turning away from God. Amen? And there you stand. And, of course, you think of the big names that have done that, and we're, we're uh, impressed with them. And uh, Mother Teresa, I wish, yeah, if you don't know her story, you've got to hear the whole story. She took her stand. And, brother, she went it alone for a long time. And I've been there to her place, what, three times, maybe four times in Calcutta. I have great admiration for a little tiny lady that took her stand for Christ and neglected, abandoned people. Bless her. Um, and, and on and on. I've got a list in my mind, a page long, but here we stand. I need to tell you, Corey alluded to it, uh, well, I guess he stated it a little earlier. My life has been uh, one of going and doing, challenge, and all the time trying to see the church grow bigger and win more people to the Lord, and, and then whatever else I've done, and chasing around the world as a general superintendent for 16 years, and trying to help people in all these countries of the world, and that's kind of a challenging life. And I'll talk about that some other day. It's been, it has been a wonderful challenge. But nothing, nothing, nothing has ever hit me like our own son, Dave, when he developed melanoma cancer started in his foot and surgeries of course then it went to his lymph nodes and of course more chemo surgeries I don't even want to get into all that and then to his liver and ultimately uh, to his brain 
Our boy Dave was uh, executive pastor of Colorado Springs First Nazarene Church. Totally sold out to Jesus. Had been a banker for 11 years. And some pastor called him to be an executive pastor, well, Portland, Oregon, First Nazarene. And he left the banking world to go into the church world to try to use his, his business ability with his church understanding. And then he went to Salem, Oregon after that, and then ultimately to Colorado Springs. Married to Lori and had two little girls. And the two little girls are still little today. One is 13, and one is 10 today. And a couple of summers ago, Dave came to the end of the race. And it isn't fun, and I won't say very much about it. I just want you to know that it hasn't all been glory hallelujah for me. When you come in from a district assembly in faraway eastern Canada, in Moncton, New Brunswick, because they said if you don't get home within 24 hours, you won't see your boy alive. He's down to his last day, and that's too long of a story to tell, but walked in finally to a hospital room in Colorado Springs, and all the family is there, brothers, sisters, their mates, and the two little girls, and Lori, the wife, of course, my wife, Dorothy, and oh, man, it overwhelmed me. It was, it was there. Dave won't make it now. It's all over. And I, I, don't want to exp I don't want to stay here, as I've already said, but we're wired to bury our parents and we're wired to bury our grandparents, but we're not wired to bury our children. We're not made for that. And it overwhelmed me. I had to go in the corner. And I just sobbed like a child. I, I'm a dad. I want to fix things. And I couldn't fix anything. And I came back after I cleaned up my, and dried my tears and came back. And it's my boy, it's our youngest, our fourth child, daughter, son, son, Jody, Jim, Don, Dave. And the Lord gave me an insight. And I grabbed a hold of Dave's arm. And I said, Dave, don't leave yet. I've got one more thing to say. We've had four children, and we're always going to have four children. I'm never going to have three. I'm going to have four. But there's one thing going on here today, Dave. One of my kids is changing his address from Colorado Springs to heaven. But you're not dying, Dave. I, I see now. You're, you're going on. You're going home, and you're going to be more alive than I am. So from now on, when anybody asks me, how many kids do you have? I have three that live in Denver, and one lives in heaven. That's what I said on the plane that started the conversation three nights ago. Started some tears, in fact. And then I said to Dave, I love you, man. Save me a place. <laughs> I'm coming soon. And my boy left. And Dave died. What am I trying to say? It was not a time to get your hankies out and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I still
stood there and wept. We all were holding hands. We all had arms around each other. We were crying. We were, we sang. We, we sang. We wept. We cried. We talked. We cried. We, in that day, I had to put my feet on the rock, Christ Jesus, and say, Lord, I don't understand why you didn't heal him. I don't know. But I'm going to put my feet on the rock. I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I want you young men and women to know I think you can tell that it's still pretty fresh in my heart. But there are times you don't feel like running anywhere. There are times you don't even want to walk anywhere. There are times if it wasn't irreligious, if it wasn't sacrilegious, I'd put my Bible down and stand on the Bible. But I have too much teaching in me that that would not be proper. So what I have done, I have taken parts of the Bible and I've taken it to a copy machine and there's one I've got others I hope you don't think this is too crazy I've put these in my shoe and I've stood all day walking standing on the promise I think it's okay if it isn't don't tell me And God is bigger than whatever can happen to us. Amen. It's part of the race. I'm going to win by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus. But it's not all hip, hip, hooray, man, sing another verse. I like that. And it's not all walking. There's more standing than I ever thought. Well, it's time to close. Hey, would you all stand with me right now? Taylor, would you just want to come and play something? You know, you know, Dr. McGee, uh, the president here that I have such high admiration for, Dr. Corliss McGee, I feel today, I kind of felt like in the room, give this kind of an invitation. If you're going through something... <laughs> You don't know how you're going to get through it. And the devil's about to beat you up. And he's trying to get you to walk away and let it go. And just quit. No, no, no. Would you just come and stand by me? And I just want to pray for you. And it might be something at home that's just eating you up. Or it might be something that's happened on campus. I don't know. And you can't fix it. It might be something, I don't know. But if you would come, I know that gives somebody else courage to come. And somebody else, then I just want to pray with you before we head out. Would you want to just come as we stand and say, I give it to you, Jesus. I give it to you, Jesus. Good God bless you. God bless you guys. That's right. That's right. God bless you guys. Bless you. can't fix everything but you can commit everything you can commit everything 
That's the way I live. That's the only way we're ever going to make it anyway. God bless you, young men, young women. God bless your souls. Some of you know these kids real well. Would you, if you want to come and just stand by them, that'd be good too. That'd be okay if you want to. You might have to wiggle in through the crowd here, but I just love it when somebody's nearby to help pray with you when you're saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do with this deal. I don't know what I'm going to do with this mess. It might even be finances. Who knows? But God is bigger. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, let's just pray. You pray now. Just tell God what it is. Lord Jesus, <laughs> you are here. What a wonderful spirit. What a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere in the old chapel. Lord God, but these kids, these young men, these young women, these young adults, Lord, the devil wants to beat them up. He wants to discourage them until they throw their faith away and they just say, I, I, I can't make it. But Lord, here today we've heard uh, we can win the race. We can win the race. We can win the race, and we need to run. We need to walk, but we also need to stand. So, Lord, right now, the things that are really about to tear us apart, I give to you, Jesus. This person, that person, this situation, that mess, this impossibility, that, that, that thing that's just driving me crazy, I give it to you, Lord. I give it to you, Lord. God, help me today to feel and know my feet are on the rock, Christ Jesus. And if they're not, Lord, come into my heart because I can't do it alone. Come in, Jesus. Give us a, give us a, re, give us a renewal here, Jesus. Help, whisper to us, Lord. I'll go with you. I'll stand with you. You can't do it alone, but I'm going to make sure I'm standing with you. Praise God. Praise God. Taylor, I don't know if there's any chorus you could sing or anything that, that might fit in here before we head for class again, but if so, feel free. God bless you. Just take your time. Take your time. Here, God bless you. Bless them, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you just sing this with me? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. 
above him there's no other Jesus is the way Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other Jesus is the way one more time Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. One more time. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is the way. Jesus is, he's the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus, thank you. Praise God. Thank you for your presence in this chapel. Praise God. Thank you for the testimonies around this chapel today that they will stand on your word and stand on the rock of Christ Jesus. But may we do so not only in this chapel moment, but as we go our separate ways to classes now and through the day and to our homes and responsibilities in the dorms, may we always, always remember that you are the answer. Stand on the rock of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this beautiful and wonderful start to our services with Dr. Deal this week. We thank you for the anointed word that you have put in his heart and life and that he shared with us today. And we just take a moment before we dismiss to pray for Dr. Deal and his wife and his two little granddaughters. We pray for them now. We know that you've been with them. We know that they stand on the rock of Christ. Will you comfort and bless this family as I'm sure they still mourn the loss of their youngest who is not gone, just in heaven. Just change the address as we've been reminded. Bless the family, we pray. We look forward to our services this evening, Lord. Continue to speak to us. Continue to challenge us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.